everybody. Welcome back to Christian Education. Thank you so much for all of those of you who've been tuning in, listening, commenting, sharing with your friends, having watch parties. We really appreciate that. You are making a difference in other people's lives. Tonight, we have a treat. We've finished our series on Max Licato's book, Life Lessons from John, and today we're starting a whole new unit. Today is our first lesson of that new study, and we're talking about fellowship and forgiveness. We hope that these studies have been blessing you, will continue to encourage you, help get rid of the COVID blues, and draw you closer to God. And to get us started, I will hand it over to Pastor Riley. Oh, good evening and welcome to all our fellow students of the Word. It's such a wonderful evening, and so glad you could join us. Uh, we're going to be talking on the topic of fellowship and forgiveness, as Gavin said, and the scripture is from 1 John chapter 1, from verse 1 to 10. Uh, we're using a few sources uh, this evening. You're using the New King James Version, uh, a little bit from Life Guide Bible Studies, and the majority from Max Locado on Letters from John. Uh, let's have a word of prayer. Oh, dear Father, we bless your name, we lift you up, and we honor you, Lord. God, we are so happy that you have left your word for us, Lord, that we could read, that we could digest, we could study, we could, oh, Father in heaven, oh, God, have a time of growth in them. And so, Lord, we pray that this evening your words will open to us, that the, oh, God, the very nurturing Oh, that essence of it will soak in us, Lord, that you will lead us to a greater maturity and a deeper fellowship in you. Father, we give you praise this evening. Open our minds and our hearts that we will receive that which you have for us this evening. May your name be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I have a little bit of introduction or background, uh, we could call it. And John's letters. Uh, it is believed that John wrote these letters in AD 85, between 85 and 95, and circling around the churches of Asia who were threatened by false teachers. And we know, we know how devastating those can be. They were, were a set of Gnosticism, uh, which really refers to uh, people who believe or taught that matter was entirely evil and spirit entirely good. In that, in, in that case, they denied the incarnation of Jesus. They didn't believe that God would dirty himself in human form. Uh, the, the, the next word I introduce to you is docetism, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, is that God could be man, but merely seemed to have a body. He couldn't be man, but he just seemed to have a body. You know, in other words, you probably couldn't really touch him. It's an uh, illusion. Serentheism, Serentianism, that's a word. Christ descended on Jesus at his baptism, but departed before the crucifixion. You know, all of this sums up that God was not really man. 
because man was so dirty, God would never mix with uh, such evil entity. They brought in a new form of morality. They claimed to reach a stage in spiritual experience that they were beyond good and evil. They were in a different class. They maintained that they had no sin, not in the sense that had attained moral perfection, but a spiritual man that sin is no longer sin for them. They are beyond that scope. They're in a different level than you and I. You know, and, and, and these are from the Life Guide Bible Studies. Uh, at this time, let's go to the scripture. We'll read uh, from 1 John chapter 1, from 1 to verse 10. And I'm going to read for you from the King New King James Version. Uh, it reads like this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Amen. Those are some strong words. That's right. And uh, uh, in the way that we talk about the setting at the time of John's uh, letter, you can see how he was uh, sharply aiming at the very belief or teaching that these people have been bringing into the church. We, we look a little bit at uh, Max Lucado's reflection section. People talk about knowing this or believing that or being convinced of something else. What is required for you to be 100% sure about something? Think about it. For example, how sure are you that Jesus really lived? that he claimed to be God and that he is God in the flesh. You know, sometimes we need to do a reflection on this. We should attempt to put it in words. You know, the way we think and believe about Almighty God. Now the situation, the situation as uh, set up by Max Locaro you know, was talking about really, you know, what he found in the church. 
those who were tending to believe the new form of teaching that has crept into the church. And so the word, the strong word fellowship came up. And uh, I found a, a, a definition of fellowship. Oh, let's hear it. It said, that which is shared in common. Fellowship, that what is shared in common. And uh, from Life Studies, I would like to read this for you because I found it interesting. Okay. Christians everywhere seem to be interested in fellowship. Amen. They gather in fellowship halls, attend fellowship dinners, and participate in well-organized activities with fellow believers. But what really constitutes biblical fellowship? A covered dish supper? Coffee and donuts? Mm. Social events and activities? Perhaps more than any other passage of Scripture, these opening verses of 1 John establish the basis of true fellowship that is to be enjoyed and experienced by all Christians. More importantly, they enable us to understand how we can know we have fellowship with God. So here's a teasing question. How can we know we have fellowship with God? How can we know we have fellowship? And based on the definition you found, fellowship is we have some things shared in common. Amen. So what would I have in common with God? It seems like a, you know, oxymoron, a question that you really wouldn't ask. What mm -hmm. would a, a human have in common with a God? Mm -hmm. But I guess if you think back, when God originally created man, he said we share an, a likeness with him. He created us in his image. Mm -hmm. So there's a dimension that he intended for us to share attributes with him. Mm -hmm. But then through sin and disobedience, we, I don't know if you would say put a veil or pulled away, but somehow we caused a very big difference between us and God. So then do we all still have fellowship with God? I would say not without some special circumstances. True, true. But if, if we're going to have uh, a common thing among us, because don't forget we're talking about a three-way fellowship. Oh, not just a two-way fellowship. No, fellowship with God, right? Mm -hmm. That way and fellowship with each other. So it's like you, me, God. Interesting. So when we look at uh, one of the reasons Jesus came, you know, why did God need uh, to send his son in human form? Mm -hmm. It's bridging that gap, you know, to form something in common. Because when, when we tie that into the way John began his letter, he was talking about that which we have uh that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled 
concerning the word of life, which is Jesus. And then he went down further to say, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Fellowship with us. In other words, the common thing, the common belief, the common knowledge that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. We had this with him. We share it with you. Hence, we can have fellowship with them and fellowship with God. I just, I want to say, it seems really simple, but there is so much that gets connected with this idea. Right. Because then, the Christian fellowship is not a one-dimensional thing. Like you said, there is a vertical fellowship it's between us and God, and there is right. a horizontal fellowship between right. us and each other. Right. And so Christians who focus one on, on one more than the other are missing half the picture, because literally Jesus came so that we would have fellowship this way and this way. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And, and if, we, if we take it out of the way it was arranged to be, that's kind of what John was hinting at. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not within that context, if you're not within that common belief, then we really have no fellowship with each other or with God. So our, our fellowship with each other is our common belief that in who Jesus Christ is. Amen. 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 And then what's our fellowship with God the Father? the commonality with Jesus' Son and His Father. Jesus, no man has seen the Father, the Scripture says, mm -hmm. except He the Son. Mm. And He represented Him and presented the Father. That's why He said to Philip, if you see me, you have seen the Father also. Hence, the establishment of the fellowship. Oh, okay. With the Father. Well, thank you, Jesus, for creating something in common with me and God. Praise the <laughs> Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, a question. Hmm. How does John establish his authority to write about Christ and his gospel message? Well, he's saying I had a first-hand account. I saw him, touched him, and things of that nature. I was there. Mm -hmm. I experienced it. I believe he has the right to, to talk about it. Just like you and I, we have experienced Christ. We earn the right to talk about his goodness and how real he is because he has been real in our life. That's why our testimony would be sound mm -hmm. and acceptable. Uh, you can't testify truthfully about what you don't know. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in court they would call you a false witness. Mm -hmm. you know, we can't have that. I want to, to look at uh, another question here. What does John mean by the term fellowship? Well, I hope he means all the things that we have just discussed. Mm -hmm. But then, if he means that which is shared in common, and he talks about in, in uh, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, and you also, uh, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, 
that your joy may be full. Mm. So with true fellowship comes true joy. I'd agree, yeah. Amen. Amen. In in one more question on fellowship. Mm -hmm. In light of this apostolic message, what is the foundation of our fellowship as Christians? Okay, they're asking kind of what I was wanting to know. What is it that we are supposed to have in common as a, a group of believers? Amen. And yeah, we came to conclusion it's our belief in who Jesus is. We all Amen. share that understanding of who he is and what he done for us. Amen. And uh, then when we saw that, we can see the comparison here that John has pointed out compared to the Gnostics who are believing, you know, uh, they, they arrive at a different conclusion that God is so holy that he would never become man, that it is impossible that the two could mix. And so they came up with their own explanation and theory or theology about this. And now they teach that. So John referred to them as false teachers because they are teaching against the very thing that is such a powerful state of mind or way of thinking for us mm -hmm. to think that God Almighty left his throne and I became man in flesh to suffer and die as a man, just like you and I, like he went to the cross. There was no separation. He was nailed to the cross. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He was, re he was incarnated as a human form. For them to deny that, that's teaching something wrong. Mm -hmm. Because then you, you minimize the value of the gift of the Son of God to the world. Absolutely. So just to be clear, we don't fall in any of those categories. Amen. We believe Jesus is the Son of God. That's right. That we believe in a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. We believe that he came to earth fully God and fully man mm -hmm. and went to the cross to die for our sins so we could have direct fellowship with the Father. Amen. Amen. Okay. Just making sure we're not... Gnosticists or do docetists or I'm <laughs> not even going to try the third point. Okay, M moving on. Amen. Uh, what does John say about those who claim to be without sin? Uh, base, basic terms, call them liars. Mm -hmm. If you say you have no sin, you make him a liar and the truth is not in you. We're looking at verses 5 and 6. Mm. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we live and we lie and do not practice the truth. We cannot be in darkness practicing something else and claim we have no sin. Then that's denying what the scripture teaches us that we have. We are placing man in a different category than where we need to be. How can you repent of sin if you believe you have none? Mm -hmm. Without repentance, there is no forgiveness. Without forgiveness, there is no saving grace. So you can see uh, the wrong road that these false teachers would teach us and cause us to turn astray. Don't worry, nail all your sins to the cross so you have no sin. We are all sinners, yet Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
So if you claim you have no sin, the Bible said you are a liar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Have a little bit of inspiration. I want to read a little bit of it, not all. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is a well-known scripture in John chapter 3. That is saying John chapter 3 and verse 16. Mm -hmm. The word whoever in this verse from the disciple John unfurls it as a banner for the ages. Whoever unrolls the welcome mat of heaven to humanity, whoever invites the world to God. Jesus could have so easily narrowed the scope, changing whoever into whatever. Whatever Jew believes or whatever woman follows me, but he used no qualifier. Mm -hmm. The pronoun is wonderfully indefinite. After all, who isn't a whoever? And just a little bit more. The word sledgehammers racial fences and dynamite social classes. It bypasses gender borders and surpasses ancient traditions. Whoever makes it clear, God exports his grace worldwide. For those who attempt to restrict it, Jesus has a word. Mm -hmm. Whoever. Whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, so what, what the author is pointing out here is that Jesus really came for the whole world. There is no color of skin that restricts this, and no nationality that restricts this. You can't come from the worst part of the world and think grace is not for you. You can't come from the best part and think you know, it's beneath you. It's all for every single mankind. Mm -hmm. We are valued in God's sight. No matter who we are, no matter where we are, there's saving grace for you and I. Doesn't that make you feel wonderful? And hopeful, because that's not typical human behavior. Most of us would never experience someone who would freely give to any and everybody. That's right. So therefore, it makes sense that we... We, we, we don't be too puffed up or think ourselves higher than the next person based on their culture or background. Mm -hmm. Considering that Jesus, there was no respecter of any nation. It's just whomsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's interesting. Humanity spent all of civilization building up walls, barriers, categories, mm -hmm. hierarchies, and Jesus came and said, nope, humanity is an equal playing field. Amen. Interesting. Amen. And, and saving grace, salvation, really, when we talk about freely give, it's freely given to every single human being. Mm -hmm. So it's a sad thing when one does not know that or have heard the gospel story. So, children of God, make sure we are telling the story. We want people to know that saving grace is for each and everyone. Forgiveness is there no matter who we are. Mm -hmm. Because if you love me, mm -hmm. the, scripture, the scripture taught us, 
Jesus said, if you love me, right, the Father also will love you because you love me, you believe in me, that my Father cares about the fact that you believe in me, you have accepted me. So that's one of God's promises then. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because he gave the Son that whomsoever believeth in me should not perish but have everlasting, everlasting life. So a common thing that ties us to God is Jesus Christ the Father. Did the scripture say he sits on the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I? Mm -hmm. He's like that link between God Almighty whom we have not seen. We don't know what he looks like. But Jesus Christ came in the flesh such that we could look on God and not die. <laughs> Amen. And so we as humanity can now be tied to our Heavenly Father okay. and our fellowship with God. And uh, also the scripture points out that we can be joint heirs with Christ. Mm -hmm. And remember we are also now called sons and daughters just like Jesus is. Yeah. You know, so those commonalities, those foundations. So remember, we can have fellowship with God. Now here's a provocative question for you. I love those. How do you react to the idea God has a whoever policy when it comes to salvation? It's prov it might be a provocative question, depending on who you, who you ask, because... Like we were saying, humanity has spent all of its waking hours establishing an order, a pecking order, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, the people who deserve money, deserve fame, deserve prestige, and all of those things. And society plays very well into that. And these people who are higher up on the hierarchy get first pickings or first, first dibs. Mm -hmm. on, on the good things and so here you have Jesus coming offering what's supposed to be very very good and not giving first pickings to the kings and to the celebrities mm -hmm. and to the, those who have earned status and that would really that would really put off some of those people who are very used to that but on the flip side the ones who are say lower on the hierarchy those who get the last scraps, those who may not get, you know, the health care, those who won't get the honor, the prestige, the ones who are overlooked. Mm -hmm. They didn't get the last pickings, the leftover salvation. Mm -hmm. They got, it was given freely to all of them equally. Mm -hmm. So for me, depending on where I sit on society's hierarchy, I might feel really, really good. Or really, really indignant about the fact that Jesus is handing it out to everybody. That's right. And and uh, as you were talking there, uh, I start to think. I wonder if most of the enmity between uh, that the Jews had, if the Jews of that day had against Jesus, if it wasn't for the fact that he started with fishermen. <laughs> Because if you think about our society today, mm -hmm. if you're presenting something like, take, take for example, the gospel of Christ. Yeah. 
if we if 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 the rich were getting saved first, maybe the whole world were not as rich once what that is. But because in a lot of cases it start with the very poor. Mm -hmm. So of course that couldn't be anything that grand. Because <laughs> if it was important, it would have come to them first. That's right. Mm -hmm. To the royalty, to the upper class, you know, in that kind of sense. But it's really neat because, let's face it, as being humans, there, there would be some people that we might think, no, you, you, great, no, grace can't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. You, you are just not one of that type of material. Yeah. You know, you, you shouldn't even, you know, oh, pastor, please pray for me. Uh, you know, we like your heart, but, you know, it's nice that God has set up his program on the whomsoever will, whosoever will. Let him come. And God himself. Will give freely whether you live in a mansion or you have no home. Mm -hmm. You might not have food, whosoever will. Jesus is still ready to save. Amen. And you see, even nowadays, some people still find it very hard to treat people that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are pastors, pastors, and church visitors who tell stories all the time of visiting a church service and seeing someone walking in who wasn't dressed as properly as they should have been and right. people turning them away at the door saying come back when you're better mm -hmm. we don't want your kind in here and things of that nature when really jesus went through a lot of trouble to make sure that he offered salvation to everyone even the lowest of the low Amen. and so we have no right as believers to limit who we share the gospel with to mm -hmm. limit whoever is searching for Christ mm -hmm. to to shun or turn up our nose at anyone we think is less than us because of this situation because that's not how God sees us that's and right. if we're following God we have to follow his attitude as well amen amen and here's another thing I like to throw in you know we, we, we're looking at the whomsoever God gave his son to mm -hmm. save we're looking at fellowship you know, but can we really have true fellowship without forgiveness? <laughs> Junior high and high school would tell you no. <laughs> if you watch kids in the schoolyard, uh, there's definitely got to be some sort of friendship and makeup before them to continue uh, getting along together. True. And, and it seemed like he, going to the schoolyard, I mean, your friends form around a common, a common theme, a common idea. Mm -hmm. But but somehow, in our churches these days, in among believers, we 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 at some point start to convince ourselves that that for forgiveness is not really necessary. Uh, I am not held responsible because Jesus has already washed my sins away. Mm. But how can you hold something in common if you're not willing to forgive your brother and your sister? Then, then uh, where's the true fellowship? You're not really walking in the light as he is in the light. Therefore, how can you have fellowship with one another? 
Mm. Sketchy. If you walk in darkness, you have no fellowship with it. Mm. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. What is required on our part to take advantage of God's waiver policy? To drop pretense, I would say. Mm -hmm. If he's offering salvation and a ch chance to have a new life to anybody mm -hmm. and offering forgiveness freely, then we just have to uh, own who we are mm -hmm. and, and our situation. Not, not faking it, not hiding it, just approach him, I guess, at face value. Okay, this is who I am. This is what I've done. And you said that no matter what I've done or who I am, you would accept me if I confess my sin. So, Jesus, here I am. Amen. Amen. And then we take it to the other extreme. Maybe extreme is not the right word, but... <laughs> We look at it from the other side of it. As a, as a believer, we should see every single soul as precious before God. Mm -hmm. No matter what they do, no matter their lifestyle, mm -hmm. no matter where they have been, like the final say is God's. Yeah. But for us, we need to see them in the same light as any other soul because God died freely for the whole world. Mm -hmm. And it's whomsoever will. We shouldn't be in a position to say this one, but not this one. Right. Like, who are we? No, it's in God's hand. It's whomsoever will. So we should be telling the story to every single one, no matter how awful you think they are, no matter how evil you think they are. Share the story. You never know. It is God's saving grace and it's his will. And he would have mercy on whom he chose to have mercy. Yeah, equal opportunity. Amen. And if can you imagine a church that takes on a stance like that? Oh, you mean how we should be as churches? <laughs> I'm sorry, did you have other questions? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe church wouldn't look the way we see most churches today. I can agree with that. Amen. Amen. Here's a little part I want to dig down on a little bit. In verse 8, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can you see can you see how dangerous this is if we cannot see the sins in our lives? Well, it goes back to the question you asked, can there be fellowship without forgiveness? If we understand that we as humans have offended God first mm -hmm. and that we need his forgiveness to have that fellowship and relationship, and we understand that, you know, it, it's something that we, we need to do, that we are, it, the ball is in our court from the get-go. But God was so good that he didn't just leave us there and let us flounder and kind of feel around in the dark to get back to him. He provided everything we need to really get it done quite easily. Amen. And you know, I, I have seen people who have found it hard to admit 
when they have done something wrong. You know, I mean, battles have been fought over, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, taking ownership for, for our action. But if you can't see the wrong that you do, right, how can you confess them? It's true. How can you, uh, before God, go, Lord, I have done this? It takes me back to a, a to a time uh, uh, when Israel had a, a leader. I don't remember if it was Josiah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Israel had turned away from God. They, had, they started to do wickedly. But this one man was taking a stand for the truth. But when he cried before God, he said, Father, we have sinned. Mm-hmm. He was taking responsibility. He wasn't just going, you know, I am doing fine. And they are this. We have sinned. He was taking the responsibility on because as leader of the nation, if we can't admit we have done wrong, how can we confess? Therefore, how can we repent? So if we are, if we are covering up our sins, if we are not admitting when we have gone wrong, don't hide it from your, your fellow brother, and sister, because then you continue in that struggle. Mm-hmm. But at least if you if you tell somebody about it, they can help you to pray about it, to work through it, where we can where we can become restored to true fellowship with God and the brethren. Yeah, but, it goes right back to what you were saying about vertical and horizontal fellowship. Jesus said right in his prayer, and forgive us, God, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Now you want to take one more question for the night? Oh, do I. (laughs) And this is uh, this is the torpedo, man. Mm -hmm. This is heavy duty stuff. All right, all right. How would you explain eternal life to a person who did not grow up in church? You know, some people think it probably it's harder than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Hollywood, cartoons, movies, TV shows, they have no shortage of content about people thinking, striving to achieve, you know, longevity, living forever you know, going on to the next life. I think most people actually have some sort of concept of living forever. Mm -hmm. For us, the issue is explaining what eternity looks like from God's perspective for his plan for our eternity. Mm -hmm. And it it would be different because some people would picture living forever as in life on earth. For forever and ever and ever. But the point is that God is not intending for us to live on earth forever and ever. He's prepared somewhere else. Mm-hmm. A whole different reality, a whole different body, a chance to be in the presence of God. He's invisible here. We'll be able to see, know, feel him completely over there. Those are some of the things that we have to help people um, understand, but the idea of living forever—I think it's very, very common nowadays. It's not new to most people, mm-hmm. even though they haven't grown up in. Church. Even they are not going to church. Mm. I mean, no, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it's interesting. And uh, a lot of times we miss the, the point that they might not have grown up in church. Mm -hmm. Because I grew up in church, you know, your mother grew up in church, you grew up in church, most of our circle grew up in church, but there are those who have never set foot in church. They, they don't understand all about this. So we got to we gotta fill in a lot of the gaps that we tend to leave out yeah. when we talk to those who have grown up in church. We True. can't assume, assume anything. Mm -hmm. So explain it such that they can understand it. Absolutely. Whatever level they're at. Amen. Amen. Fellowship, it's a word that gets tossed around a lot in Christian circles. Mm -hmm. For many, it's just a euphemism for cookies and punch in the church basement. But the biblical term means so much more. True fellowship or community means that which is shared in common. The moment we trust in Christ to forgive our sins and make us right with God, we come alive spiritually and the very life of the Almighty God flows in and through us. We become God's children, brothers and sisters in an eternal family. Mm -hmm. We share an eternal connection with God and with one another. A profound oneness and an exciting partnership in the gospel. Amen. What a family. Amen. Vertical relationship. I like that. Horizontal <laughs> relationship. Remember that. If we're going to love God, we need to love each other Absolutely. as well. We need to have fellowship with one another and we need to have fellowship uh, with God. Fellowship and forgiveness. Please keep those in mind. You know, we need to have that. It's more than cookies. It's a deeper connection. Therefore, we feel responsible for each other and to God for each other. Mm -hmm. Amen. And remember always forgive just as the Father has forgiven us because of his Son, Jesus Amen. Christ. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus, thank you for leaving heaven and moving in earth's neighborhood. Thank you that you came to this earth and gave your life so that we might have fellowship with God. Thank you even more for providing a way for me to share in the endless blessings of eternal life. Now and forever, Lord. Amen. Amen. Fellowship and forgiveness. So, so as we are wrapping up, mm -hmm. Gavin, I throw this out to each and every one. What are some practical things you can do to strengthen your your fellowship with other believers. Oh, I would just like to look into the camera right now. And for those of you who have been in quarantine for weeks and you're getting maybe a little bit weak, you know, husbands and wives getting on their nerves, kids and parents, I just give it a try. They said there is no real fellowship without forgiveness. So I want you to attempt to have new level of fellowship with someone in your house or that you're quarantined with in the coming weeks. So if your husband won't pick up his socks, tell him I forgive you. We'll work <laughs> past this. If your wife can't make anything other than spaghetti, forgive her. 
and see if you guys can't move into a new level of fellowship. I know those are very simple examples, but if we can apply things in simple ways, we can find them in profound ways. So try this week. Try to extend some forgiveness and see if that doesn't do something for your fellowship. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We appreciate you again for tuning in. If you need more information and learn about us, eigmasters.com.